calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome to Story Smack. This is Story Smack, a podcast about stories and storytellers in the world of pop culture. My name is A. Kovacs, audiobook narrator and founding partner at Empty Set Entertainment. Uh, my name is Scott Sigler, author, co-founder of Empty Set Entertainment, and sometimes I fall down. Let's see. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and this uh, is an episode, a Story Smack episode about... Tremors. I think it is the 20th anniversary. Is that right? I have no idea. So we look that up. Go to the peanut gallery. Yeah. What's that? 30th, 30th anniversary, anniversary, of 30th Tremors. anniversary of Tremors. Who knew it would last that long? I'm not so sure it did. Uh, how many people in here have watched the original Tremors movie? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. We oh, are Lord. prepared. We are prepared. So we're going to get through. A and I are going to do our usual uh, re- review of the movie. And then if you brought questions, for which we, of course, are Tremors experts... If you brought questions, we're going to have a microphone up for you for later. Mm-hmm. All right. Why don't you begin, since you're the one who made us watch this movie? <laughs> <laughs> of course, Tremors is a classic. It goes way back. It was, I don't have the financial details on it handy, but it was a bit of a slow opener and has gone on to become a cult classic, spawning five sequels and a short-lived actual series that made it through, I believe, one season. Anybody, get, anybody watch the Tremors show, TV show? I know we have a few, you know, I am, I'm sassing. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I'm probably not going to watch Tremors again anytime soon. That said, I do know that people really, really love it. We have a real true blue fan in the back of the room. So I'm, you know, lightheartedly poking fun at, oh my God, that movie. Uh, so we watched it a few weeks ago. Um, the, do you have the synopsis? I'm looking up right now. Because he's got the movie voice, so we got to have him do the movie voice, or the movie trailer guy voice, at the very least. But we watched it a few weeks ago. I bet, I'm going to say maybe half of the people in this room have recommended Story Smack, you know, made suggestions, when, especially, I know uh, Robin and Larry have sent us a whole bunch of great ones. Uh, we didn't do that this time. We watched Tremors instead. <laughs> and yet, you look out in the audience, and over 90% of the people have watched Tremors. Well, and I am clearly in the minority, I think. How many people enjoyed their homework? Yeah, see, I'm in the minority. Oh Most people God. were like, yeah, it's fine. It's Kevin Bacon, it's How fine. How can you not like Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon? Did you see Tremors? I've seen it like 40 times. Yeah, yeah. Also, what is... Spoiler alert. We're going to spoil this movie. I mean, no. I didn't. They did it themselves, but I'm going to talk what about it. What is what? What is what? What is that creature? It's called a graboid. Yeah, so someone in this room, not me, emails me and says this. What is with that teeth penis monster? <laughs> and I feel all, like that's all we need to say about Tremors. Oh, no, if they're looking at that and thinking it resembles a penis, they need to go to a doctor immediately. 
Because that's, that's, that's not healthy genitalia, no matter how you slice it. Uh, can you give us the movie trailer guy synopsis? Natives of a small, isolated town defend themselves against strange underground creatures, which are killing them one by one. 7.2 on the IMDb 10-point scale. I'm with you guys. I understand that I am in the minority here. I got out alive, apparently. All you people, teeth penis monsters coming for you. <laughs> Directed by Ron Underwood, writers, S.S. Wilson story, and four others. So uh, that script had five people writing on it to get to that point. Yeah, yeah. So. Imagine if it had anyone else. But it was, it's, a, it's a very, we're going to go over the whole thing, but it's a very disciplined, taught comedy horror screenplay. Well, you know what? I'm going to give you that. I, I, and you guys probably agree. I will say, if you're going to watch a movie that, that, that is that crazy and that um, you, you sort of fun and ridiculous and kind of outside the norm, I have been to Texas. Is that Texas, right? Nevada. Nevada, Nevada. Nevada right, right. I've been here, obviously. <laughs> nothing like that has ever happened to me. Like nothing, any, anything remotely like that has ever happened to me. That said, it is a good script. It's a really tight script. Yeah from the mechanics of script writing. There is this part of script writing called dialogue, though. <laughs> and normally, you could start out a movie with dialogue. Instead, we start out this movie with Kevin Bacon, oh my god, urinating. Yep. I had written down uh, taking a piss. Is that the same thing? Uh, for the purposes of this movie and movie review, obviously, yes. Yes. <laughs> I so feel like that's a very weak start. We could, we could go in stronger. It's Kevin Bacon. But no. We open up with Kevin Bacon taking a wee as he and Fred Ward are getting ready to do their various odd jobs that these gentlemen, these poets of the Southwest, who travel from town to town doing odd jobs for people. It's a very heroic life. Uh, and right off the bat, as usual, this movie subsidized by the tobacco industry. Like, let's get the smoking uh, out right you away. Know, you, always, you always say that, and I wonder if it's a timing thing. This is 30 years ago. I, it still happens today. And I think you can see it plain as day. Um, and also, in case you guys are wondering, the FDO is really, truly offended by the idea that there, there are tobacco people subsidizing all the smoking you see in movies and on TV. Yes. He's like, do we really need this? Is this good for the youth? I'm like, you write horror novels. Like, what are you talking Like, this is fine. But he's actually truly offended. And you do actually last think that I, somebody is sub subsidizing Last that. I checked, my horror novels do not cause black lung. That is the last I checked. Not yet. Yes. So we get into it. They roll the credits. I remember that uh, the executive producer was Gail Ann Hurd, who is the executive producer and one of the big showrunners, not showrunners, one of the big hands for the Walking Dead series. So Gail's been in the horror business for a very, very long time. And we get seven minutes into the movie. We've established Kevin Bacon, Fred Ward, being their rebellious, you know, regular good old guys things. Seven minutes in, we start to get strange seismograph readings. Whatever could it be? I mean, in Nevada, it could, I mean, obviously anywhere, it could be an earthquake. Is it an earthquake? I think it's an earthquake. Could be an earthquake. They're very strange readings. So right off the bat, we know what's going to happen. The characters don't know what's going to happen. And we're starting to get we're starting to get spoon-fed these, um, these little foreshadowings. And then all of a sudden, Reba McIntyre, who I totally forgot Reba was in this. That's the best part of the movie, I think. Reba McIntyre. She does a good job. She does a great job. Okay, I'll say this. The idea of Tremors didn't resonate with me, obviously. That said, super tight script for, what it, you know, for, for a comedy horror movie. Yep. Acting is great, mostly great. 
Uh, Reba is great. We should have probably used a little more Reba, I think. She gets to shoot more guns than anybody else. So that's very good. But this had to be a fun, fun role to play for Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon. Get to play those goofy guys the whole time. Uh, we get nine minutes and 24 seconds. So this is happening very fast. Within the first 15 minutes, the whole movie's pretty set up. Nine and a half minutes in, we get our first tremor. And at 10, thir- 10 minutes and 30 seconds, we get to see the first land shark scene. Because that's what this movie is. It's land shark. Uh, it's a penis teeth monster. It's not a penis teeth monster. This Which is I those... love because, because when that email came in about that, in case you don't know, there is a movie, a horror, comedy-ish horror movie about a vagina that has teeth. So I feel like this is a sequel, like a bookend. And, and, and that one is called Teeth. Teeth. So I haven't watched Don't watch it. that one. Don't I'm watch that one. not going to watch that we're one. We're never story smacking that one. That seems ludicrous. No, we're not? Never okay. story smacking. I'm never watching that again. So this is one of those movies... That if you get any kind of star director attached to it and you actually get a pitch, like, all right, you got 30 seconds. What's your movie about? Jaws in the desert with a couple of lovable loser handymen. I'm like, all right, well, where's my checkbook? Let's do this right now. And so, to be fair, we actually do this, as you guys all know, we, we are doing our best. We are circling around Hollywood, poking our way in the best we can, right? We're doing a lot. And we talk about that sort of thing a lot, which is why I can confidently say, I agree with you, this script is really tight. Mm-hmm. I think the dialogue can be I think the whole thing just didn't resonate for me the same way it resonates for some people I do have to admit while I'm smack talking this movie I loved Trolls too, <laughs> so I don't have any ground to stand on but these are the things that we think about quite a lot at Empty Set like okay well how, what is the elevator pitch for Nocturnal I mean that's a little tough what is the elevator pitch for the Generations trilogy they have no difficult. cultural references that we understand. That's the point. So you'd be like, so. And then your 30 seconds is up and you lose the pitch. Like, that's, that's us. So we're working on it, and this one does have a good one. Some of these are, yeah. It's very, some of these are, are much more, you see, they seem silly, and yet if you're making a 90-minute movie and spending millions of dollars somebody else's money, movies like this show up with one very simple, very clear idea, and they're able to run with it. Yeah. Aliens was sold literally on its jaws in space. They were like, make it. I mean, it's just that mm-hmm. simple. So this is Jaws in the Desert with two lovable losers. We get to 12 minutes in. Poop jokes. Always funny. <laughs> poop jokes are we get the exploding septic tank and Kevin Bacon getting covered in poo. It's pretty good. Now we've had poop and pee in the first 12 minutes. That's totally not up my alley at all. <laughs> at all. Some people might frown at this sophomore. Oh, no, behavior. I'm not frowning. It's just not for me. Okay. I, don't, I feel like if you like it and you're not hurting anybody else, that's cool. Like it. So we get 15 minutes in, and we see Edgar. Edgar's the old guy up in the power, the power pylon, and something scared him so dang bad, he dehydrated to death up there. We're starting to put the pieces together, you and I as the viewer. At... Uh, 16 minutes in, our first death. Now, we're 16 minutes in. We still haven't seen the monster. So this is following a very classic trope. Mm-hmm. We've but seen we've the monster's seen... vision. Yes, right. But no That's monster. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Yes. Gradually building up to it. And now the bodies start to fall left and right. Fred's gone. His sheep are dead. And now the violin music kicks in. And you know once the violin music kicks in, shit's about to hit the fan. We're going to have a lot of bodies. Now, 19 minutes is five minutes... From 1419, we get deaths number three and four. Things are still moving fast. 
We see parts of the monster, but no monster. 20 minutes in, the rockfall that kills victim number four somehow traps our heroes in this isolated place where they can't call for help and can't get anyone to come save them. Yet again, another classic, really, really solid thing to sell to Hollywood. Here's your time lock, here's your tragedy, here's the next 40 minutes, and then we're done, kind of thing. That's also one of the, a thing we don't have a lot of yet. <laughs> one of the prerequisites of writing a horror story is establishing isolation. Because anytime, if you read, you know, Ancestors is an easy one. They're on an island, it's a storm, nobody can get to them. Uh, things in everyone in Nocturnal and the rest of the stories, you have to find a way to make sure that your protagonist can't just pick up the cell phone and call for the state police or the National Guard. So they do a pretty good job of that in Tremors. You're isolated in the desert, and they reinforce that nobody should have been living there anyways. We get to 21 minutes, 40 seconds, the first sighting of the monster, a little bit of the monster. We don't know. It's not the full monster yet, but it stinks. They comment repeatedly on how stinky it is. Is this foreshadowing? Yes. Yes. It could be foreshadowing. Yes. 25 minutes in, victims five and six go down, and the monster stink foreshadowing pays off with the great line, what is that stink? So now you can see how everything has come together. Uh, we get another character named Jim. Jim goes out real hard. Another partial monster sighting. Uh, there's really interesting, if you guys ever go back and watch this, don't listen to her, it's worth it. You can go back in and see the group scenes in the convenience store, and everybody's voice was actually recorded, except Reba's. They did Reba's, we call it a mm-hmm. That's where you go in, sometimes you see ADR. stuff. ADR? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you go in and you see actors with a script while the picture of them is playing up and they have to redo their own lines. Uh, Reba's is like that, and it's, it's really bad. 32 minutes in, animals are smarter than people. Another trope that we rely on. When the horses start, start to pull up, and uh, they stop the, the joyride to Bisbee to go get help. And at 33 minutes in, we see our first sandworm. Uh, the little ones are actually tongues of the big one, which is pretty cool. First time, you might remember the first time they saw this and you thought it was the little monsters and it turns out to be a big monster with some serious dental hygiene issues. It's pretty good. Do you have any notes on these parts? I do have some. You know, my favorite note of the whole thing that I wrote down is here's some Swiss cheese and bullets and I feel like that's all I need to say. Yeah. But I will say, you know, one of the things that I... This is a really interesting thing because he really loves this movie. Mathis, also huge, huge fan. And I... It's fine. It would... I watched it, it was funny, but it, it didn't really grab, sort of grip me at all. And I think part of it is, uh, <laughs> it didn't grapple me is what I almost was gonna say. And I thought, they don't, they're, they're sandworms, they, don't, they can't do that. But part of it I think is, like that doesn't exist in the desert in Nevada. And I have no idea, think of what I do for a living. I, I have no idea why I can't get past that. And yet, that's my big problem. They're just not scary. All right. Well, it's not really a movie about being scared. But it is for those characters. Sure. Edgar would have come down off of that I'm pretty sure if you were in that situation, you would be very scared. But Graboid comes up through the floor, grabs the little old Chinese man, and shakes him around, and drags him down on the ground to die. I'm I'm willing to bet you would be at least a bit miffed. With with his tongue teeth. With his tongue teeth, yeah. His tongue kid, 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 tongue teeth. See my problem? It's a well-designed monster. It is not a well-designed monster. It's a well-designed monster. Is the it definition of a non-well-defined the, the monster. The cilia spikes on its body to travel through the alluvial soil. What more do you need to know? One, number one on my list is what is alluvial soil? It's loose soil in a desert region. High five. That wasn't even pre-planned. 
this is uh, some serious science in this movie, you guys. So we get to 35 minutes, we have another monster sighting, and now we get what, what is mandatory in every 80s and 90s horror movie, slime, and lots of it. There's plenty of slime going around. 40 minutes in, they're trying to explain where these creatures come from. Then they just give up, as well they should. <laughs> you know, you realize Gail Ann Hurd was a producer on this. Mm-hmm. Now she's on The Walking Dead. In The Walking Dead, the first few seasons, they never really worry about where the hell did these things come from. It just is. So oh, wait, Tremors do they is like worry the about that Dead. now? I don't think they worry about that now, do they? I uh, stopped watching after Glenn Under the Dumpster. I haven't seen it since then. Hello, spoiler alert. Well, you, they don't know what happens. It's just, Okay. So we're getting in, and now at 41 minutes, 50 seconds, we're getting into our first love connection. Kevin Bacon and his, oh, uh, his uh, romantic lead are starting to get going. We have, at 44 minutes, I wrote this one down, the lighthearted pole vaulting segment. That's one you don't hear very often. And the hits just keep on coming. So, the next time you see a lighthearted pole jumping element in a movie... Pole vaulting, we call pole, it pole vaulting. Pole vaulting. Pole, what is pole jumping? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to know. go back to the diseased penis? Because that's a whole different thing. I, I say, yeah, we don't, we, don't, yeah, we don't need to know. And let's see. We get to 54 minutes, and I love it when this happens. In the beginning of the movie, the ice machine rattles. And you're like, oh, whatever, ice machine. But no, that means something. 54 minutes in, the ice machine rattling. Turns out that wasn't for nothing. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew this could have happened? So rattles create some tension. Victor Wong buys it. <laughs> I can't be the only one. <laughs> Victor Wong buys it. You may know Victor from uh, his most famous role, in my opinion, Big Trouble in Little China. Yes. Oh, yes. we should do that. We should have done that right now. <laughs> All right, we'll do that one. Okay. So Egg buys it. That was Victor's role in uh, Big Trouble in Little China. And then we get Graboid smashing through the floorboards, and now the land shark aspect of this is fully afoot. It's, it's not a shot-for-shot shot remake of some Jaws stuff, but you have a shark at your feet, and they have to walk around and try and get out of there. Um, and I'll admit, uh, I, I don't know why all of a sudden the sand sharks are coming, but there has to be a reason, right? I don't know what it is. It's Nevada, and there's nuclear testing. So they just got big enough and had enough teeth-tongue kids to come after you? That may be. But see, again, we go back to the point. If you're in Egg's grocery store and there's a land shark coming up through the floorboards, you're not that worried about that part of it. No, but I'm not there. I'm sitting in my living room going, why on earth am I watching this still? That's what I'm doing, right? <laughs> and so like, you sit there like, well, okay, fair. I'm going to buy the tongue-teeth-penis thing. Uh, but why? Why now? They've been under the Nevada desert forever. Yes, there's one reference they could be brand new. There's one reference they could be older than history itself. It's all over the place. But this is one of those, again, 90-minute horror comedy. Are you going to dedicate 15 minutes spread throughout the movie to You're establishing right. the research? And that's the point. That's the point. Or are you going to yeah. spend that 15 minutes on Kevin Bacon and his baby blues, right? Right, which is the best, that and Reba, the best part of the movie. Apparently, apparently it has done uh, very well. So then we get one hour in, and now comes the mandatory scene of characters ignoring warnings. Someone is like, get out of the basement. I'm not getting out of the basement. You're like, oh, son, you've never watched any horror movies, have you? 
We get one, we get one of those great scenes where people, uh, if they if they just would have called the cops, it would have all worked out okay. If Woody had gone straight to the police. Woody had gone straight to the police. No tongue penis monsters. So they completely ignore their warnings, and then we realize another important. This is still building up to the great finale. These things can take a lot of damage. Reba takes one out. They get an elephant gun, and the great line broke into the wrong goddamn rec room. You didn't you, you bastard. Because that's the thing. Anybody in this room been in something you can reasonably identify as a rec room and you don't have children at home and you haven't been in high school for three decades? Anybody been in a rec room recently? One, two, two people. Ah. Fair, man caves. I, I think if, if, the, if they came up, the sandworms came up out from the floor of your man cave, you would get, get busy killing them. Hopefully. Yeah. But again, I, would, I live in San Diego. I would call the cops. And you also and live in an apartment where there's poor, co- poured concrete floors. So I don't think they're coming up through poured concrete floors, they're, they're tough, tough cookies. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. So we start to see, we get into our classic finale sequence. They send out the tractor because it makes noise to draw the graboids, and uh, that doesn't go very well for everybody. And then we get, um, let's see where that part, then we get the other part in the beginning when that little girl is trying to set the world record on her pogo stick. Mm. That actually comes back into play. To be fair, she is also an awesome part of the movie. Yeah, she's in the beginning and then that's it. Just the pogo stick scene. I'm like, you could go get her. It's not like you're going to make more noise than the pogo stick. Don't just wave at her. Go get her. She's just across (laughs) the street. Go get her. So then it seems like the tide has turned. We've got our tractor pulling our trailer. Everybody's in this armored vehicle. They're about to escape. But no. You know what happens? The graboids spring a trap, A. Kovacs. With they their, spring so a do trap. their tongue babies with teeth have also brains? Apparently. They sprung a trap. I mm. believe that is mandatory. You have to have some level of brains to think outside of the dirt box and get this trap sprung. 125, they're fishing for graboids, blowing up more slime, and then Stumpy is the only one left. Sure. They name one Stumpy. That's the one that tried to grab the truck at the beginning and had an arm tore off. But you didn't know at the time that was so it could be identified. Right. Separate from the other two to build up I mean, to that great finale. I mean, somebody might have. 
Build up that great finale. And then we go, uh, we get down to the last graboid. Val, Kevin Bacon's character, Valentine, goes for it. The last bomb, we see that thing sail out over the cliff with a rather impressive, uh, impressive splatter. Mm-hmm. And then the smooch. The guy and the girl finally smooch. Because Tremors is a romantic comedy. <laughs> it could be the unrequited love between Val and the graboids. We don't know. But they don't get the guy. They don't. No, they don't. The girl gets the guy. Yeah. And everybody lives happily ever after. And they load up a graboid on a, and head to Bigsby. They're going to get almost as much as $50 for that giant corpse. Yeah, and I feel like I love this. I have several things that I do love about this movie. And I am obviously not going to watch it again, for sure. And that said, can respect a handful of... I mean, it, it's a movie that was made well, on, you know, like well within its budget, absolutely serves its purpose, its script is good for the purpose of this movie. You know, it's not going to win an Oscar necessarily because comedies don't win Oscars. Also, oh my God, please don't ever let Tremors win an Oscar. But, um, but it does do a handful of things really well. This is one thing I have a problem with. Shoot. What, how do we know $50 is the going rate? Because they say so. But how do they know? Because it's a character effect to portray these guys as bumpkins. When they make the first deal, when they make the first deal, the guy offers them five bucks, like, no, 20, just for the arm. Yeah. All right, 15. And they're all, yeah, we got him. And then he's selling the Polaroids for $3 a piece. And, and this is a back. thing that literally I am going to say, and I feel ridiculous because who cares, right? I mean, who cares? And yet, I have to say it because apparently I care. It's a thing they've never seen before ever. $15? Like, come on now. That is the joke. You're literally explaining the joke at it's this point. It's a sand <laughs> worm, teeth worm penis monster. And these worldly gentlemen take $15 for it. No, no, I get that part. But not everybody in that movie is a bumpkin, right? That's why they This take is it literally an alien life form. And they're like, yes, we are going to make lunch money. DARPA's yes, getting involved, NASA's exactly. getting involved, the She's government's getting involved. It. She's describing it perfectly. I don't understand the problem. You guys don't know this, but at the, the, at the Lair of Doom, at, at the Empty Set offices, Scott frequently explains why his jokes are funny. <laughs> I assume I'm a very funny person, and if she didn't laugh at first, it's just because it was a, it was a bummer. She didn't get it, so I have to come down and explain it. <laughs> when I explain the joke, it's hysterical. And I hate to say this because I should be smarter and better, but he will literally do that. I'm not kidding one little bit. He will explain it. And about two sentences in, or maybe even one sentence, it will occur to him that he is explaining his joke. And he'll be like, you know jokes are way funnier when I explain them. And every time that makes me laugh. Proving my point. Hey, I have not had a chance to vet this list, but I just called up some things you might not know about Tremors. I'm amazed. I, I can't imagine there are, there's anything I know about Tremors. Uh, the premise came to screenwriter S.S. Wilson during a rocky southwestern hike. Giant worm-like beast terrorizing Nevada and others and ideas wild, as wild as the West. The Tremors franchise proved remarkably successful, having spawned a short-lived TV series, a prequel, two sequels, and a third... Co- they, it's up to five now. Uh, the screenwriter said, I, I had a job working as an editor for a Navy base in the middle of the Mojave Desert, which seems weird. On weekends, when they weren't shooting at the gunnery ranges, he was allowed to go hiking out there. One day, while climbing over large boulders, I had a thought, what if something was under the ground and I couldn't get off this rock? Wilton jotted his idea down, pursued it years later, and the rest is history. 
Now, any old Saturday Night Live fans in the room? Old school? Landshark. Saturday Night Live forced the movie to change its name. Tremors, 1990, began pre-production with the working title, Landsharks. However, upon realizing that SNL had already unleashed a recurring character called Landshark to spoof Jaws, Wilson and company decided to change the movie's name. So there you go. They did actually pitch it as Landsharks. Mm-hmm. Hey. Candy Graham. Yo, somebody just did it. I just, I just heard it. Candy Graham. Candy Graham. I didn't order any candy. Pizza. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, uh, Saturday Night Live, that was the earliest times of, of trying to pretend like you had gone to sleep and then sneaking out of your room and watching the second TV in the Scott, house. Scott, Just Scott, trying to Scott, watch Scott, Saturday Night Live. Scott, your parents are I'm aware. I'm your aware. Parents, your parents are right over there. Also, I won't point names, but there's a reason you never found that Richard Pryor album ever again, because uh, my brother stole it. So there you go. I He's did not going to point to names, it. and I'm not going to tell you again. I tried to tell him it was names. wrong as I sat and listened to the whole record, and he wouldn't listen to me. A menagerie of real-life animals inspired the creature's design. You don't say. Real-life animals. The real stars of Tremors are four gross, grotesque carnivores called the Graboids. Though there's nothing quite like them in, this, in the animal kingdom, Mother Nature still played a big role in bringing these things to life. Special effects artists Alec Gillis and Tom Woodruff Jr. threw bits and pieces of such real-world critters, critters as elephants, crocodiles, dinosaurs, rhinos, slugs, and catfish into their Graboid sketches. You might have noticed, weirdly, that this list excludes earthworms, which the pair found very boring. I mean, you know why? Because <clears throat> they're boring. They don't have tongues. They don't have teeth. They don't have babies on the end of their tongues. There's a whole bunch that are, uh, you know, actually the way that those things exist on Earth. I want to repeat that I just looked this list up. Yes. I think this one goes out for people like you. <clears throat> Go on. Some early Graboid concept art was deemed too phallic. You don't say. Teeth penis monster, maybe. <laughs> Gillis and Woodruff dropped the idea of a turtle-like neck when somebody alleged that they're... <laughs> I'm just going to say right now, this is not a part of Sigler Fest that needs to go on forever. I don't want to know about any turtlenecks ever again. Oh, wait, there's more. Uh, somebody alleged that their monster's blubbery folds resembled, quote, foreskin, end quote. As Gillis recalls, producer Gail Ann Hurd said that when we would fax up the drawings over, all the women in her office would pass them around and giggle. And I get then it. Gail Ann Hurd would explain the joke. I'm, you're making, I see you're looking at me and not reading. Like many PG-13 movies, Tremors gets away with a solitary F-bomb. They only swear one time. Uh, the one curse. Let's see. He should have edited this list. Uh, we should have, but we were busy packing stuff for the rock show. It's which true. That cut into time a little bit, but hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Another one. <laughs> I love you guys. Wilson and co-writer Brent Maddock thought it'd be more realistic if their film never revealed where the Graboids came from. And my problem with that is if you find a giant teeth penis monster in the sand under your town, you know what you do? You find its nest. You go kill those. You get rid of it. And then you sell them for 50 bucks a piece. Jesus Christ, Chuck Norris. Do you have your commando webbing on and a couple of armed ARs 15 I'm pretty sure you don't want to know. I'm pretty sure you don't want to know. Yeah, you know what I do if I see a graboid? I'm not like, hey, where's the nest? We're going to go kill a bunch of them. 
Oh, you're just saying, oh, cool, giant, slimy thing. Rad. And you walk off? Like, it, that's your thing? It eats people. I don't walk off. I run off. And just leave it out in your town. Hey, man, I don't got to be the fastest, just not the slowest. That's all. It's not the slowest. Wilson and co-writer, sorry, I already told you this, where they would not come from, they said, and Wilson in particular was fed up with the sci-fi genre's standard monster origin cliches. They're either radioactive, they're a biological experiment, or they're from outer space. And the, or they've always been there. Those are the only choices you have. Thus, Tremors offers no information about its creature's beginnings, although later films claim the man-eaters were prehistoric reptiles. Wait, what are the three options? There's four options. Oh, sorry. Let's see. They're either radioactive, they're a biological experiment, they're from outer space, or they've always been there. Except if they've <laughs> always been there, over all this time, they've clearly evolved into people eaters. They eat anything that moves. Guys, let's, let's step back they, a few. They do eat let's, cars. let's step back a couple of steps. If it's been there for all time, and we're just find, finding out about it in Valentine Podunk, Valentine's Podunk, where? Perfection. Perfection, of course, of course, of course. Um, and, and all of a sudden, they are like, hmm, I'm a little peckish. Maybe I'll go eat people and sheep in perfection. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There's a, there's a rationale. Like, so there's climate change, or their habitat got taken away, or something like that. We got to learn something. Uh, they, you, know they came, you know where they came from? Well, they've always been here, apparently. Can, candy Graham. <laughs> we didn't order Candy Graham. Radioactive experiment. I don't, do you have pizza? Pizza. <laughs> okay. Those of you who've never watched Landshark and think we sound stupid, wait till you go to YouTube and watch Landshark skits. I, it's homework. I give it to you now. Finally, skipping all the way to number 15... Let us not forget one of our most beloved characters in the history of 80s television, Michael Gross, the actor. The actor. Michael Gross, who takes a slightly different character approach. Actually, he started filming Tremors one day after finishing the beloved sitcom Family Ties. Which is actually my favorite thing about this list. I know we just all heard it for the first time now, but this is what I kept thinking, like, oh, 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 honey. Oh, honey, I mean, this is not you at all. This is not you at all. But, yeah, in Tremors 5, Hell I'm Freeze wrong. is over. He's there. <laughs> it is He's him. the star. He's in. He's the star. That's six? Yeah. Okay, so there's six of them now. It's great. Oh, good. Kindly Mr. Keaton of Family Ties couldn't be more different from Tremors' breakout character. Uh, breakout character. Gross's tenure as Bert Gummer, a no-nonsense, gun-toting, and off-eye antisocial survivalist, began less than 24 hours after the show which made him famous had its rap party. On a related note, we'll apparently be seeing plenty of Gross in the upcoming Tremors 5, which has already been out. Yeah. Who's seen Tremors 5? Is it as bad as Starship Troopers 3 or better? Okay, good. I'm not watching either one of those with you, just so you know. Unless you we can throw a party. You guys want to come to our no. office and... There Tremors is, 5, Trolls 2, there and is, There is Super no Troopers amount of booze in the world that can make Starship Troopers 3 good, I'm telling you. And I love movies like Tremors. So there you go. That'll give you an idea. We are, we are doing this uh, live. So does anybody have any Tremor questions? Did you all bring any comments? Come right uh, up, we sir. We would like you to do this so that everybody on the pod, when we run it as a podcast, everybody can hear it. But just come on up. Uh, as long as Steve is ready. 
Because I didn't ask Steve to be ready. I should have done that instead of bitching about tremors. Check the mic, Steve. Steven. So how do we explain how a uh, dentally endowed genital monster uh, can crash through the wall of their wreck room, but dies when it runs into two inches of poured concrete? (laughs) That's a great question, but I need to stop for a moment. Dentally endowed... Was it... Genital monsters. monsters. Now we're PG-13. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) And also underpants, man. I will be uh, sending Evan a text after this going, new name for the band. (laughs) (laughs) So to Stephen's question... Think about it. Well... First of all, it's not two inches thick. It's at least two feet of concrete, and it hits it at terminal velocity, as opposed to, well, as far as terminal as you can get, burrowing through alluvial soil. As opposed to the cinder block... It's not alluvial concrete, apparently. The cinder block basement of Burt Gummer, much smaller, far less mass. It's not as dense, easier to pound through. Wow. Phrasing. Are we still doing phrasing? Clearly, we're doing phrasing. So I think it's, I think it's within the realm, the, within the construct of the movie that it can break through a cinder block wall. Because it breaks through foundations of the buildings, it breaks through wooden floors, it does all kinds of cool stuff. I have another question. Shoot. Which is, I, I almost wonder if this is another layer to the joke. They sold it for $15, and then they, are, they feel so like they were tricked or uh, like they got such a terrible deal because he's charging $3 a photo. There's like four people in the town. I'm not sure he made $15 back. Because they can see where it's going. It's going nowhere. You know it's what? going nowhere. This is one of those things he'll make money wait, while he wait, sleeps. Wait, I have a drink ticket for you for a question. Woo-hoo. All of a sudden, 28 people stand up. I'm just saying, I got more. You will all get a drink ticket tonight as well, just so you know. Go but Stephen will already have one, so he'll be one up on you. I, I just have to say, I'm a little disappointed that it took to be, get to the last item of the list for you to mention that Mr. Keaton was a prepper. Sorry. He's a prepper. Sorry, it's true, yes. he was. He's uh, it, Well, you didn't technically ask a question, but I, I already asked question. That's a good rec room, by the way. That's a good rumpus room, all the things you got going what on What a rumpus Sir, room. Ahead. Clearly it was a rumpus room. I don't even know which part is a rumpus. Is that a part of a person, a part of a house? That word always made me uncomfortable as a child. It's the rumpus (laughs) thing. I'm like, I don't know what a rumpus is. And I don't think I'm going into that room. Oh, you guys did a great job raising your son. That's fantastic. He's like, I'm not sure, but I don't think Coach would approve. Sir. Well, I will, I will say I have been playing the part of the, well, sort of playing the part of the uh, antagonist here. I'm probably not watching Tremors again, but I'm obviously playing a part here. You know that I'm doing that for love. I know you're a big fan, and I'm not dogging your choices. <laughs> Number one, Burt Gummer, TV show, amazing. Uh, in the, th- in the uh, prequel, completely opposite. Hated everything to do with guns. But my actual question is about Stumpy. Okay. Was Stumpy a genius or just stupid lucky to close the road at the very beginning of the movie? I think that has to be stupid lucky. 
I think they started to figure that out. Because he wasn't in charge of that. He didn't define it. He was just trying to eat a truck. Just a regular graboid, do. doing what graboids do, trying to eat a truck, and things went horribly south on him. Because you didn't mention when they, had, when they actually isolated the town, it was because Stumpy br- cleared, uh, knocked down a landslide and blocked the road. Yes, that's true. May, we, we may be underestimating Stumpy, although he did kind of sail off a cliff and fall down and smash his He was trying to evolve. He was trying to fly. On rocks. He believed in himself. I believe I can fly. I believe I can. No, I can't. <laughs> so we have more room. Oh, yes, I'm so sorry. We got one coming up here, Gordy. All right. Oh, All right. Spammy McMahon so is back, it's, too. So uh, it's kind of a rebuttal to the last one. Stumpy was actually uh, going after the jackhammer guy and got penetrated by the jackhammer. That's... Phrasing. <laughs> Are we still doing phrasing? <laughs> and, uh, and took off running. And that's, that's, what how, the... that's how the landslide happened because okay. he went, oh. drug the jackhammer up the hill and the guy up the hill and then killed on everybody. Only Smack can you get an in-depth Gordy. analysis of Gordy. Stumpy. We're breaking down Stumpy's motivations, thoughts, feelings, and did Stumpy get a significant other in the movie? We'll never know. Well, not only that, I do like that Gordy's all took off running. <laughs> yes. He got a lot of teeth. He got a lot of wormy body. But yeah. I didn't see a single foot there the whole time. What, what would you describe the Tremors, uh, the Graboids motion as? Slithering. Slithering. Yeah. Sliming. Sliming. Ridiculous. Oh, sorry. Go on, go on. You had a question? Okay, so we rewatched the movie in anticipation of Sigurdfest. Yep. The snarky kid. Melvin. 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 Who the Melvin. hell does he belong to? No idea. Who are his parents? No idea. Is Stumpy? He lives no, in the trailer that has the septic tank pumped. No, I know. You think it's Stumpy? He's... I think it might be Stumpy. Yeah. Maybe. If maybe not that's now, why... soon. Like maybe in uh, Tremor 7. Oh. All right, we'll wait and see. Maybe they should have killed that kid. <laughs> I don't say this often as a rule of thumb, but they should have killed that kid. If you do say that a lot, people are going to describe you by your full name, middle name, everything. Scott he, Carl Sigler, yeah, he's talking about killing kids all the time. He was quiet. He kept to himself. And all he talked about was killing kids. And it's it, it is interesting. We talk a lot about and and you guys know this because you guys are Sigler. That's why you're here. A lo- often Scott writes. Um, with the idea that no matter who the character is, everybody is the hero of their own story. Everybody. Even if you're uh, Magnus Paglione, if you're just awful and terrible and inhumane, if you're Kayla Myers, you still think you're the hero of your own story. And I feel a little sad for Stumpy in this regard. Because all we know is that he got apparently stabbed with a jackhammer. Yeah. (laughs) Phrasing. Then fighting for his life. Son is fighting for his life. Please, sir. If we don't just even have know one his name. more morsel of food, sir. Just one. Can I have more? We don't even more? know his name. We don't know if he had. Well, we do know if he had babies because they were in his mouth. Those no. Those are those are tentacles. Those aren't babies. They look like they have mouths. We don't know how they reproduce at this point. Later on, they change that. They gotta but. have a mouth for something. Never mind. I couldn't get it. I couldn't stop myself soon enough. I'll, I'll phrasing myself for that one. Okay. Okay. So, do we have any more comments or questions about Tremors? I don't want anybody. Okay, we got one gentleman working his way up here. I feel that uh, flossing was a major issue 
for the Graboids. You know why? Why? No hands. It's very good. How are you going to get the floss? Can you explain me how that joke works real quick with the floss? <laughs> well, I do, I do a tele- oh. show and tell. <laughs> See. Like this, look. That's great. See, when she explains a joke. Yeah. Yes, go ahead. So one, one of the big stars of the movie is obviously Kevin Bacon. I just wondered, where does this film fall in his career? Had he done big films before? Well, did this lead to bigger things? He had done things? Footloose. And why did he even do this film? Why did he do this film? Because <laughs> he's the star of the film. This film has endured for 30 years and is still watched. I think Kevin Bacon made a very wise choice with this. Because it... it what's that? It adds See, I actually think that's the rationale. You get, it established him as the ability to be a character actor, so he doesn't have to be the dramatic, dreamy lead all the time. He can show that he can have a lot of fun in a movie and just do silly stuff, and that has led a lot, most of his movies are character roles. We play some secondary, tertiary character. That's why it's Six true. Degrees of Bacon works so well. So I think he made the right choice. I also think he is, he is actually the alien in Tremors. That gentleman, that human, is not really human, right? He came to this earth to pull us together, to connect us in six ways or less. And so he kind of had to. He's like, you know, there's a lot of people who are really never going to see Footloose. They don't care about dancing. But I have a job to do. And they might care about penis teeth monsters. I'm I'm, I'm noticing a recurring theme in your description of this film. Uh, And I know I'm very perceptive, but the penis tooth monster seems to keep coming up over and over again. You know why? Oh, phrasing! (laughs) Todd. Um, I saw another list online about um, things you don't know about the movie. And I don't remember the original ending, but it wasn't supposed to end the way it did. Okay. And then I think if they showed it for some preview audiences, um, so they end up changing it so that Kevin kissed the girl in the end. And that's not the way... That's not the original ending? No. Did did Stumpy (laughs) do it in in the original? It may have been Stumpy and Kevin, and it just was like... It would have put the rating up one or two notches higher, so they... Toned it down, go. and they made the ladies happier to see Kevin it's true. end with a kiss. They just, people want to see Kevin Bacon smooch. Yeah. Again, going back to that 15 minutes of time, we could have spent learning where the Graboids come from, or 15 minutes of Kevin bumblingly trying to kiss the girl. I now like the movie better, I'm not going to lie. There you go. Uh, I have given the responsibility for the drink tickets to the iceberg. He's right behind you. Please grab one on your way out. Thank you. Jason, what can we do for you? Please tell me how much you love the Tremors. Oh, I grew up on Tremors, so this is these movies, as bad as they are are some of my favorite movies. But I, I think you're missing out on some very good, awful movies. If you go to the third one, the tremor evolves over time. They, each movie, they evolve into something else. Mm-hmm. The third one, the scientific name they give it, because the yokels of the town, is Ass Blaster. Yes. I can't even, yeah, I can't even, I want to say phrasing, right. but I can't make myself say phrasing. <laughs> And they actually did a, uh, Kevin Bacon actually reprised the role and they shot a trailer to reboot the series where he comes back to perfection as a wash-up yokel like, like he starts and they were going to redo that again. I think it's supposed to be on sci-fi, but I don't know if it's been picked up yet. So you might get to see, did they drop it? Okay. So Jason, you know I love you. Yes. I love your wife. I love your only, the only child christened by Pope Siglercus. Yes. I'm never watching Tremors 3, ever. <laughs> You're missing out. I, uh, I will take that hit. Do you like champagne? 
get a couple glasses of champagne, get a little hammered. <laughs> hey, what do you think about Tremors 3? Just, ah! Well, here's the thing. If we're going to yeah! try that, I feel like you shouldn't tell me. You should just put it on. I'll be like, is this Trolls? You said it was going to be Trolls too. It is, it is. They're coming, they're coming. Phrasing, they're coming. It's going to be fine. And then I'll watch Tremors 3 and, and keep waiting for the Trolls. You don't even need to explain that joke. It was funny. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, we're just about done. Anybody have any last questions about the tremors? You're pretty solid that you know everything you need to know. Were you like that before you watched it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let me uh, find my little outtake thing there. But I'm glad that you all did your homework, watched the movie. Yes. And we are really, we had a really, really busy summer. Um, uh, He had a. He had, we have a handful of, of things in Hollywood sort of starting to ramp up again, so we had a lot of work to do with that. I had that opportunity with audiobooks. So we got really busy, and we stopped doing StorySmack reasonably weekly-ish. We're going to get back into that, and finally, I promise you, Big John, we are going to tell you ahead of time what you can watch so that you can follow along and have fun, and you don't have to wait and be spoiled or make time to see it. Anybody seen Troll Hunter? Yes. That's a good one. That's a great one to watch. Mom, even you would like Troll Hunter. Plus, it's in a foreign language, so it's intelligent. It's subtitled, so it's got a lot of culture to it. I, I feel like, you know, once we culture it, we can just treat that with antibiotics. No, no tremors anymore. Would have helped Stumpy, that's for damn sure. Shot of penicillin, it would have calmed the hell down. Things would have been great. We hope you guys have enjoyed this, the 40th episode of Story Smack. You can find Scott and I on the internets. Scott is at Scott Sigler on Twitter and Instagram, and his Facebook is facebook.com slash Scott Sigler. I am at a real girl on Twitter and at a.real.girl on Instagram. You can always find us online at facebook.com storysmack slash storysmack, and we would love to see your comments there. Always find us on iTunes. Search for Scott Sigler Audiobooks and subscribe. You'll get a free unabridged audiobook episode every Sunday. And we hope you subscribe to Scott Sigler Audiobooks so you can see more Story Smack goodness in the future. And some of them are real, real good. I'm not sure any is as much fun as doing it live with you guys. So thank you very much for participating with us. And until our next episode, we will talk talk to you all real soon. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.